Hello and welcome to Please Don't Send Me into Outer Space, the podcast intent on exploring all that science fiction and fantasy has to offer one movie at a time. My name is Joel. My name is Sarah. My name's Aaron. This week was The Mad Ghoul from 1943, directed by James Hogan, written by Brenda Weisberg, Paul Gangelin, and Hans Crowley, starring David Bruce, Evelyn Ankers, George Zucco, and Turhan Bay. That's right. One of the actors' name is Turhan Bay, which is awesome name, if you ask me. Hey, Bay. Uh, this was picked for us by The Randomizer. And uh, it is available for free on the internet. You just got to go to like Daily Motion or I saw parts of it on YouTube too. And it is a universal horror picture. It's our first universal horror picture. Were you guys thoroughly terrified? Oh, yeah. I was uh, shaking, shaking in my, my boots. Yes. Shaking. I noticed those boots. They look nice. Thank you. Thank you. A lot of room for shaking. Oh, good, good. Mm-hmm. good. How do you feel? Um, I wasn't that scared. <laughs> oh, I mean, what if what if I some... didn't know it was a horror movie? I thought it was a science fiction movie. I mean, it is science fiction. That I mean, you can't actually turn a person into a ghoul. I don't think. I mean, I mean, what is a ghoul? I think it's just another way of saying a zombie. Um, from my understanding, the term ghoul is supposed to. Uh, represent uh, a being or someone who uh, feeds on the dead that's oh. that's the that's the uh, the terminology I guess mm. really for, for for the term of ghoul yeah so very much zombie like yeah yeah and they see I remember re if you read like the history uh, uh, the evolution of what a zombie was and I can't even. I can't remember. This is like probably all stuff I got from Wikipedia, so who knows? But like the person who originally wrote about it was talking about uh, like voodoo priests or or something like that who would put people into such deep trances that they first would think that they were dead, and then they would be able to suggest them to do things, you know, such as murder Eric, murder mm. Eric. I'm sorry, Eric. I hope I hope you don't get murdered, but just be careful. There's a ghoul out there for you. He is. Eric is a character in this movie. He's not <laughs> Eric. Don't worry. <laughs> all you all you Eric's out there who listen to our podcast, right? You yes. guys are you guys are okay. As long as you aren't all fancy looking and you got a nice accent, you don't got to worry about it, Eric. Mm-hmm. If your mustache is pencil thin. And you're very suave. Be careful. Mm. Oh, yeah. Man, you're stealing hearts left and right. That's a problem. You know? 
Ted in this movie. <laughs> he's not very suave, right? Ted? Uh, yeah. He's enthusiastic uh, about being a surgeon. I don't know. That's about it, I Is he think. Enthusiastic about being a chemist? Uh, a surgeon? Liking a girl. Oh, yes. oh, that's right. He was enthusiastic about Isabella. Yes, he's head over heels. We gotta go listen to a concert. I think his behavior could have been a little bit more, um, I don't know, more charismatic or smooth or cool. But I think that, yeah, no, he didn't, he couldn't win the contest between Eric and, and him. But there was somebody else who was interested in Isabel, too. What? Well, surely it must be another dashing man. And I'm sure that with Dr. Morris's help, Ted will be able to get Isabel back, no matter who is trying to be her suitor. She has a lot of suitors. Isn't that right, Dr. Morris? No, Joel. I'm going to take her for myself. <laughs> but Dr. Morris, I trusted you. By using the ancient techniques of poison gas that I learned, <laughs> I will steal the woman. <laughs> <laughs> I learned this from natives. Uh, what do you mean by natives? You know. No, I don't. <laughs> I mean, it kind of looked a little bit like it was supposed to be hieroglyphics. I don't know, like, what the yeah. slideshow was all about. But I thought dude. that was like an Egyptology thing yeah. or something, but like quasi-science. Like Incan or, or, you know, Aztec or something like that. Oh, okay. Based on okay. the... But who knows? I mean... Yeah, they weren't very clear as to where the origins of, of where he learned these secret poison gas techniques. Oh, he was clear. Oh. Natives. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I didn't catch that. He did say the word natives a lot. Yeah. In the beginning during the slideshow. <laughs> <laughs> the natives of somewhere. I'm studying these native uh, recipes to find out the secrets, and I won't be able to tell anyone about them until after vacation. Hey, Ted, come over here. I already know the secret. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> like, well, if that you know, squirrely yeah. professor, man, he was like, <laughs> he had a a plan to <laughs> did he <laughs> to hurt to do this to somebody? Uh, First, he did it to a monkey to make them. What what exactly was his strategy? I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, it wasn't a monkey. It was Jocko. It was uh, Jocko the monkey. I, I will say, though, that that was probably the best part is when, or one of the best parts is when he asked Ted, he's like, what do you see in the box? <laughs> <laughs> and and they look in the monkey. box and he's just like, it's a dead monkey. <laughs> <laughs> what do you so see? So you think. <laughs> do you see a monkey? <laughs> Yes, I do. Well, then you passed the test. <laughs> I, was, I was laughing my ass off at that point. I was just like, what? Here's your lab coat. I guess you can work with me now. <laughs> so, well, okay, okay. Here, let me let me give you a quick synopsis uh, because, uh, audience, uh, you, you probably this have. This is so uh, yeah, out there that most people probably haven't seen it. Yeah. It's an hour-long movie. They, they pack it full of plot, though, so... Ted is a medical student who is already very proficient as a surgeon, apparently, and he is studying chemistry with Dr. Morris in his class. And Dr. Morris decides to share with Ken the secret of his, <laughs> his native poison gas. <laughs> 
uh, poison gas that he's herbs. discovered. Herbs. Well, the herb no, the herbs are to make them feel the better. Okay. Uh-huh. The herbs are the secret to reversing the poison gas. But uh, Ted has a sweetheart named Isabel, who is a, uh, a semi-famous speaker. She's you know on the radio. She's going to go on tour, and he is head over heels. But what he doesn't know is that Doctor Morris is also in love with Isabel. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. Dr. Morris tells Ted that I've discovered that by using this poison gas, but then using these herbs with pieces of the same species heart, we can actually resurrect this creature. He doesn't say undead, but they're basically undead. And then he plots to get rid of Ted so that he can seduce Isabel. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> what? So he was using parts of hearts yes. to revive the ghouls. That is correct. So that he could just kind of boss them around and then kill them? Well, he could boss them around when they were ghouls, but if he brought he needed the heart in order to bring them back into sanity or whatever. So did Ted need a new heart every day after he did the shenanigans? That is why they started digging up corpses. After Ted is sabotaged, he's gassed. Mm -hmm. Dr. Morris, his first intention is just to get Ted to break up with Isabel, which is funny because why doesn't he just say, okay, Ted, I order you to call Isabel and say it's over. Or kill him. Or it's not, yeah, what, what, kill himself? Yes, that would have worked too, but that might have been somebody suspicious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't have him do that. I can't even remember what the first thing he does is. As a ghoul? Yeah. Oh, they just go to the they go graveyard. graveyard. They okay. go hang out in so, the yeah. cemetery. Oh, they go dig up. They go dig up the the, the corpse so that so that Ted could then use the syringe or the the, the uh, um, scalpel scalpel to slice open a corpse. Right. Right. But okay, he was delaying him because he found out that Ted wanted to propose to Isabel that night, and so. Right. He knew Isabel was going to leave town on a tour. Doesn't seem to matter because him and as soon as Ted has cut open this guy's heart and been cured of his ghoulness, they spend the rest of the movie on a, on a fantastic road trip. <laughs> I, I get the feeling that Dr. Morris didn't really want to get rid of Ted to begin with. I think he just wanted to use Ted as an, as an experiment. Right. I felt and then but I think once once the feelings for Isabel evolved more, I, well, I don't know. I mean, this is just my presumption that that's when that's when he started to making more drastic moves. Hmm. I you see. I feel like Dr. Morris had this plan from the beginning. Like, he was oh, gonna, step by step, huh? Like figure out like a way to seduce okay. Isabel, but also keep Ted as like this slave or something. It did like not that. seem that way to me. But <laughs> I mean, the I agree- scene where yeah. he tries to seduce her is insane. <laughs> <laughs> Which time? <laughs> This the first part when he brings her over to the house. Oh yeah, and he's like, "You've got to meet my girlfriend," and he's like, "Yes, I want to meet her." Yes, yes. <laughs> and he's like, "I've got to go meet her. Why don't you bring her back here for dinner?" Everything he does is like, "Why don't Sinister. you join me in the lab?" Yeah, everything <laughs> is like suspect. Make us a drink. <laughs> he has like this glare about him. Like he's glaring. Like he's up to no good. Like, I'd be creeped out by oh, his yeah. vibe. I wouldn't be like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> Why don't you take <laughs> off your clothes? What? Uh, nothing. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, when Isabel comes over, 
he just very quickly puts his arm around her, <laughs> makes Ted leave the room, and then, like, starts saying to her, you're not in love with him. And she's like, how did you know? Yeah. I'm like, what the heck? You're not in love with him. How did you know? Like, that's the weirdest, like, back and forth of two strangers. Doesn't exactly show <laughs> women in the in the best light in this movie. <laughs> I mean, do you think she was leading him on? Ted? The no, doctor? the professor. Oh. oh no, no. No, I think I think it was just the realization that, that she agreed with him on the fact that Ted was no longer the love of the her guy, life. The guy, yeah. But uh, I mean, no, she wasn't leading him on. He's no, like, not at all. you need someone. Yes. <laughs> what did he say? <laughs> I wrote it down. <laughs> oh man, this line's so good. <laughs> he says, uh man who knows the book of Oh, I didn't write it down. Did you write it yeah, down? Yeah, yeah. It's a the man who knows the book of life and can teach you. <laughs> or read it to you. Or read it to you. <laughs> teach you how to read it. Yeah, teach you how to read it. That's all. Yeah, it the man who knows the book of life. <laughs> I can teach you. To and read she it. was like, "Yeah, exactly." And she was talking about Eric, but the professor didn't know that. Right. Yeah. He thought. She was like, yeah, <laughs> you're right. I'm totally into you. She is charmed. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm such a handsome man. Right. Oh, no. Here comes Ted with the drinks. Uh, yeah. Um, obviously, as we've given, Isabel is actually in love with another person, this man, Eric, who is her piano player. And Dr. Doctor Morris doesn't know this. He's a schmuck, and Ted's a schmuck, and Isabel's a schmuck, and... You know, the only people who aren't schmucks is that, that cool uh, newspaper reporter guy. Oh, yeah. Disagree. What? I didn't like him. You didn't like the, the reporter guy? Why? Because I don't like that fast-talky, old-timey, <laughs> dealy thing. You know what I mean? I found, I found it to be very charming, but I could see, I could see where <laughs> others would be like, forget it's this a, guy. Yeah, I think it is just a caricature. This was like melodrama. Speaking of caricatures. Yeah. Well, you know, love is a very uh, <laughs> difficult thing. I don't know. It was, that was almost inspiring, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> love is hard when you're a ghoul. <laughs> he wasn't a very scary ghoul. It was like Uncle <laughs> Fester They kind of just like brushed his hair over his face and then like applied a bunch of wrinkle to him oh, yeah, they sussed it yeah they sussed his hair out there he looked yeah. like he looked like uh you were saying ian curtis right <laughs> he's like surprisingly modern <laughs> when he did the ghoul makeover i thought he looked like uh somebody from Eraserhead. no i was thinking of uh, robert smith from <laughs> smith? you thought he had spider hair yeah, joel he had hair oh. i no. not his face just his hair no. <laughs> okay, fine. I don't know. <laughs> no, it could it could be. Well, there's that part when he gets turned into a ghoul and Dr. Morris is like, Ted, how are you feeling? And he goes, Solomon Grundy, born on a Monday. <laughs> no, wait, that's uh he, he looks a lot like Solomon Grundy. From, from he did look a little bit like Solomon Grundy, yeah. yeah. He's yeah, not. is it Lurch I'm thinking of? It's yes, like the totally. Frankenstein. Totally Lurch. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Lurch, that's what he is. Yeah, he's the tall guy from Twin Peaks. <laughs> the giant. 
Your arrows are not what they seem, Aaron. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, he, as a ghoul, he's, it's not like he has murderous intent. He's not. Re- I, the reason he's called the Mad Ghoul is because that's what they dub him in the newspaper. He's not. He himself is not murdering people of his own. You know, he's uh, volition. Volition. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah, he's he's being ordered by Doctor Morris, who's acting as this puppet master to get certain things done. Although going through, he's going. Doctor Morris is just going through a huge amount of steps in order to get Isabel to possibly fall in love with him. I don't know. Break up with Ted. You know, I'm getting the the feeling that Doctor Morris, though very knowledgeable in the ways of science, mm-hmm. knows nothing. Of the way of romance, no. it, it, it shows pretty, pretty, uh, pretty apparently. Yes, I know. I'll get, I'll get his boyfriend and turn into a ghoul. That'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies hate ghouls. Ladies and I love doctors. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll follow her on a twenty-date tour. Yes, yeah. And we'll dig up corpses and occasionally murder people just in case. <laughs> That that was kind of a surprise for me when they killed the guy because, like, he just very quickly is like, oh, yeah, I'm down for murder, too. Like. You know. So quickly. Yeah. So quickly. Like, oh, you're alive? Well, we'll kill you then because I want to take a heart out of someone today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was about to catch him in the act, you know. He can't, can't be caught there. We got Dr. Morris and his girlfriend walking around. Girlfriend. <laughs> Can't get a girlfriend, has a ghoul friend. That's, uh, yes. That's it. I meant Me to do and that. my ghoul friend. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. uh, okay. <laughs> what is that song? Never mind. Let's see. Crystal Gas, Jocko the Monkey. We need to, we need to talk about Jocko. Jocko, Jocko yeah. the Miracle Monkey, who is a. Uh, I used to know what the name of these kinds of monkeys are. Something, something. It's just a P, C, right? I don't know. Or is it a P? I don't know. It's one of those smaller monkeys that you usually you associate with, like the people who have the music boxes, right? I think about the Nazi monkey from uh, um, Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He hates those dates. Yep. Or he loves bad them. dates. He loves them so much he's willing to die for them. That's right. That's right. Mm. It wasn't a Gibbon, was it? Oh, it's like a shop lunge. That's it. That's that's near it. Something something like that. Obviously, we don't do no research on this show. So, what do you, what are you gonna do? There was a there was a kind of monkey that was used, and mm-hmm. we don't know the name, but no. it was a really cute one, like the kind you'd see with a little accordion asking for change. Right, or squeeze whatever. box. Yeah. Yes, he was the star of the movie Jocko, but unfortunately, there is a point where Jocko passes on, and that's when the doctor realizes that the cure is not permanent. That he's going to have to have more hearts with his special herb mix, herbs and spices, secret ones, deep fried. Mm. Um, Just go to KFC. (laughs) I think Aaron took note of the fact that they weren't herbs. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, they weren't herbs. I'm sorry, they were herbs. He's British. He says herbs. 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 Every time he said that, it made me laugh. Herbs makes me laugh because it reminds me of my best friend who's British. Once when she was here, she ordered something that was supposed to have herbs on it. And 
she said when she ate it that it tasted of nothing. So, like, whenever <laughs> she's, whenever, like, we're talking about food, she, well, let's just say American food d- doesn't have as much flavor, maybe, or herbs as we they advertise. Flavor. We want something to stuff in our mouths as fast as possible. No herbs. And we also don't, we, do, we also don't, uh, what, what is the other thing he kept saying weird? It was relapse. <laughs> Emphasis relapse. on the lapse. Relapse. You don't want to relapse into uh, your former ill state. Relapse. Nobody says that. That's like how my grandma says cafe instead of cafe. It's like nobody says relapse, that. Cafe. Relapse. It's like emphasis on some part of the word. Mm-hmm. Yes, you yeah. said. Ted, my ghoul. <laughs> yeah, definitely going to say this movie is riddled with this sort of uh, very interesting pronunciation of words, <laughs> herbs. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, sir, you you didn't like the his girl Friday parts, aren't there? His Yo. girl Friday. Yeah. No news reporters. I I mean I. I I enjoyed the movie His Girl Friday. (laughs) That's that's all I'm fast talking. That's what I'm talking about. I I enjoyed terribly the detectives who went to the graveyard after the first um, uh, first time the the science or. uh, Dr. Morris uh, uh, digs up the grave and like these de- these detectives are like stepping all over the crime scene they're saying we can't identify these footprints and then like he's pointing at one and then he like stands up steps on it pushing all the dirt into the grave that reminds me of Plan, Plan 9, nine. Exactly. I was thinking the exact same thing <laughs> and then there's medical another- examiner has been by <laughs> and there's like there's another detective ghoul. and he's like leaning on the <laughs> On the coffin, like yeah. think, Don't they call them ghouls in Plan Nine? Also, probably I, it was probably a phrase used back then to describe that kind of stuff. Is mm-hmm. I'm just a ghoul. What? Mm-hmm. I was gonna say it's kind of like Plan Nine, but with a better budget and like a little <laughs> bit more know-how on how to pull the scenes together. But I would say that you know. It actors. does feel like a stage. It also has with a actors. set. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I really, you know, I enjoyed all those sets too. The uh, like the lab, his house set, the lab set when they were like in the graveyard. I thought that was cool stuff. I liked all the beakers and and cool kind of like doodads in the lab. The masks in his study. And of course, he's got a human skull for some reason because because yeah, he's not evil. He's a doctor. I just watched Gaslight again for the first time in a really long time. What's, um, what's Gaslight? It's a movie where this guy is basically, he marries this woman and he's like trying to convince her that she's crazy. Oh, and just like the term, gaslighting. Okay. Yep. yep. That's, That's where it comes, where it comes from. from. Yep. I see now. Yep. I see now. And... Yeah, it just there were some similarities between the bad guy in this and the bad guy. No, you you simply had a fainting spell, Ted. <laughs> no, I think you're sick. He doesn't have the same accent, obviously, but uh, yeah, there's a little bit of that condescending, like yeah. you know, telling oh, yeah. someone what's best for them mm. kind of thing. And no, you're just you're fine. You just need bed rest. <laughs> 
I'm a, You're not well enough to go I'm, out today, Ted. Trust me, I'm a, I'm a doctor. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, they, I mean, they, they dig up a bunch of bodies, do at least one or two people dead, um, all, all to get these heart pieces, you know, which... It's kind of, I mean, that's a ghoulish scene. Whenever they've got these bodies, he just hands, Dr. Morris hands Ted the scalpel because, like I said, he's a, apparently a very proficient surgeon, even though he's still a medical student. <laughs> and he's, uh, and even he's ghoulified. Like, Take it, you know, do whatever the term for removing a heart is, is what he says. Uh, yeah. yeah, he's like, uh, going very slowly, like this guy's going to screw it up. But no, it's very good. And later, he might even be proficient with a gun. When Dr. Morris finds out about Eric. Oh, oh yeah, that's a moment in time when he realizes that she's in love with somebody else. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I hadn't followed you across country <laughs> before I found out about you and Eric. Thought you really liked me. And it almost <laughs> seemed like she was like pawning off Ted onto him. Like, well, you're a doctor and yeah. you know what's best for him. You yeah. you and Ted go talk and me and Eric are gonna we appreciate your help. Yeah. We're gonna go <laughs> We're gonna go Mac in the corner over here. Uh. <laughs> I'm going to go off with my handsome lover. Can you take care of my ex-boyfriend for me? Thanks. Uh, it's just, you know, I'm not really feeling it. You and Ted, you get along so well. You guys should just hang out together. You know, I, I didn't really notice it at first, Sarah, but you're totally right. Like, he pawned Ted off on that doctor. Or she did, as uh-huh. quick as she could. Yeah. Like, hey, you know, I don't know how to break it to him that I don't want to be his girlfriend anymore. Would you tell him for me? <laughs> oh, man! <laughs> I mean, that's a favor to ask of a person who isn't into you. <laughs> but the fact that she doesn't know that he's into her. Oh, my God. I feel like that's a friend zone thing. Yeah, like, like totally. A, a guy who's like in the friend zone, like, I really like this other guy. Can you go tell him? Uh, yeah, I'll go tell him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Except for, I'll go tell him. Tell him for his life. (laughs) (laughs) I'll go tell him. I'll send someone to kill him. (laughs) What'd you say? I said I would like to kill him. No. (laughs) uh, Um, Bye. (laughs) And, you know, that's, I mean, that sets up Eric. Now he's got a target on his back. I, I really like this. I do like the scene where... Ghoul Ted is in the car <laughs> with Dr. Morris. Ghoul Ted. There's Ted and there's Ghoul Ted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Dr. Morris is like, remember, Eric betrayed you. You have to shoot him. You know, he takes out a, his medical gun. I assume it's, you know, it, uh, one of those na- native guns or something like that. Shoots poison gas bullets. <laughs> Her bullets. Her bullets. Only the freshest bullets. <laughs> oh no! And uh, yeah, Ghoul Ghoul Ted's walking in this alleyway, walking towards Eric. We get some really good shadow play as yeah, as Eric is not facing the right direction. You see the shadow of Ghoul Ted walk into frame, lift up his gun, and then you hear ah because Isabel happened to come out 
to the alleyway. At first, it seems like she's just screaming for no reason, but I guess she saw the shadow. She has a couple screams in this movie. Mm. We needed a screamer. It's a universal horror. You can't have a movie like that without screaming. I just watched one the other day starring Bella Lugosi and... uh, What's the guy who played Frankenstein? Not the doctor, the monster. Oh, man, I'm drawing a blank. Oh, God, I'm terrible. You're not terrible. Anyways, no. Don't even. Uh, oh, oh, I just had his name, and now it slipped out of my head. Anyways, they were both not playing. About, um, they're not playing monsters. They're, they're playing... Boris Karloff? Yes, Karloff. Thank you. Thank you. Boris Karloff. Karloff. Boris Karloff. Yeah. And Bella Lugosi. Great. And they were they weren't playing monsters in this movie that I, I oh cool also drawing a blank on which sucks but they like you could see how charismatic they were like just as actors like that's cool because they were playing off of each other as like these kind of like friend enemy type people and it's like cool geez, you're looking at these guys like I've never thought Dracula was a I, I never thought Bela Lugosi's Dracula was a particularly intimidating figure. In this, you could see, like, oh, this guy's got the chops. Like, you're lucky. Universal was lucky mm. that they had him. Yeah. And Boris Karloff is just, he was, like, stoic. And there's this part where he takes off his shirt and all the ladies swoon. Okay, no, that didn't happen. Anyways, this movie. <laughs> a lot Dar- of ladies actually were very attracted to Boris Karloff. Oh, yeah. He's, he, on, he, he's he was on a tomato. Yeah. Boris Karloff is the one who did the voice in uh, The Grinch Who Stole Christmas, right? That yep. is correct. That's him. That'd be him. He was like, lady. Yeah, he, I thought. You're mean one. <laughs> not the song or not the song? I don't know if he did the song. I think not. he just did the actual the voice. voice. Yeah, mm. not the singing of The Grinch. The guy who did the singing part was the one who did their great Tony the Tiger. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, so he just did all the voices he did, except for uh, Cindy Lou, who, of course, did. No, he did that too. He no, did the Grinch. <laughs> He's a master. He's hot groove. Throwing different 47 voices. sizes that day. And then he died because all of his other organs were crushed by his gigantic heart. The end. Now, I know, Sarah, you weren't a fan of the reporter, but I was. I, I, I liked how slapstick he was just about everything. He's like, oh, I got an expense account now. And- hey, Aaron, why would you enjoy that kind of stuff? I don't get it. <laughs> I don't know. It's just fun. You're going to go fun. out there and get a scoop. Don't you know? I helped him solve the last 11 out of 12 cases. <laughs> I was just trying to eat a sandwich and get a freaking water. And this guy's like, hey, boss, 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 you guys are dorky. <laughs> but he figures something out along with another female reporter who's been following around Isabel on her tour. And when he shows him a she he shows her, the female reporter, a correlation of uh or not a correlation, uh, uh, uh he's been keeping track of all the dates that all these grave robbings or and or murders have taken place. Hey, they're they're grave uh Oh yeah, what I'm sorry. They they're called? not gray robbings. They are, uh, they are despoiled. Despoiled graves. Yes, despoiled. These graves have been despoiled. That sounds like they've gotten better. Mm, sounds like they went bad. Anti-spoiled. Despoiled. Despoiled. <laughs> 
I thought that cheese was bad, but it's been despoiled. It's good now. <laughs> Not a word people use, but he, that's funny because there's a different part where it says, like, who's something, something? And he says, whom? Remember, you're a newspaper person now. Got to use proper grammar. Now, if you excuse me, baby cakes, I'm going to go get laid. I mean, uh, got a report to do. <laughs> Ladies. <laughs> Uh, yes, anyways, he figures out that all the dates of the grave robbing and murders, uh, grave, grave despoiling and murders, <laughs> correlates with Isabel's tour dates and locations. She realizes that. Right. Oh, yeah, he doesn't realize that. He's stupid. <laughs> He's drinking Manhattans and stuff like that. He's on to something. So he makes a plan with the next stop location to uh, pretend to be a recently dead person. Hide out in a coffin with uh, probably the second... No, no. Okay, so the first best character is Jocko the monkey. Second best character is the reporter. Third best character is the guy with the reporter who was like, Well, I guess you can use my coffin, but don't get it dirty. <laughs> yes. Is the mortician? Don't mar it. Don't, don't mar. mar it. <laughs> He's like... I might get murdered, man. <laughs> no, don't get this coffin dirty, you jerk. It's very expensive. And that's a cool scene because he's waiting in the coffin, knowing or hoping that somebody's going to come attack, and they show the transition of time because the uh, mortuary attendant has put up all these candelabras. Yeah. And then it transitions, and the candles have melted down. That's how we know. It's really so cool. good. You pointed it out. I, I just, it was that was great. It was good. It was good uh, atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Atmosphere. I, I think that was really awesome. Excellent. Yeah, play. I liked it too. It was really the. It was like sequential art. Like when you see pictures next to each other and they're telling a story because of you know something happened, like the passage of time. Totally mm -hmm. affected. Montage. It's like a pictograph. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like a, a lesser movie would have shown a clock with the hour hand slightly forward. Oh, how cool. What? Aaron drew the candles going down as mm. the passage of time. You have to take another picture. Aaron, really take cool. a picture. Oh, wait, you don't have a crappy, you have a crappy camera. Yeah, Sarah, sorry. take a picture okay. of his stuff so we can put that stuff because he's always doing these drawings when he should be watching the movie. No, That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Newspaper Man does actually get caught. He catches Dr. Morris in the act, but what he doesn't realize is that Ghoul Ted, <laughs> Ted the Ghoul, Ghoul Teddy, Teddy Ted Ghoul, is behind him. And when Dr. Morris says, Ted, take care of this person, the reporter's like, hey, you're not going to trick me? That's the oldest trick in the book. Trick, 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 trick. Nah, see? Nah. And they get the drop on him. So that reporter is executed. That kind of reminded me. Not the candles. That was excellent. But the moment where Ted jumped out from behind was kind of reminded me of both melodrama and some more, you know, high schoolish kind of theater things that I've had to do where it's like, well, how is this person going to enter in and sneak up on them without that other person seeing? Yeah. And like, it's kind of really... A, you kind of have to suspend disbelief that that person doesn't see that other person that's right there kind of thing. It, it, it wrote, kind of reminded me a little of uh, some, some older episodes of Doctor Who. Right, right. It had very kind of that same <laughs> melodramatic feel as well. Yeah. yeah. 
I wrote down when he discovers that the the dates are matching up. The newspaper guy says, your gal and my ghoul. Yep. You mean your gal and my ghoul are playing the same circuit. (laughs) 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 He just had a lot of snappy dialogue, so. Yeah, that's why he stood out to me as well. I just... He he had a, a certain, uh, I guess, acquired taste type charm that, uh, that I enjoyed. <laughs> There's another. I think when he's still in the newsroom, he says, he says, with me, it's ghoul trouble, baby. <laughs> All about those ghouls. Or maybe it was in the hotel. I can't remember. <laughs> Mad ghoul. Mad ghoul. Yeah. Not just any ghoul. You've got to add a descriptive word in there to pump up the headline. <laughs> There's perfectly normal ghouls out there that are very helpful Americans that ghoul do their part for the d- war. Default, what is it? De, de, uh, despoiled? Despoils grave That's right. isn't enough. It's got to be mad no. ghoul. That's right. Okay, you'll make more nickels uh-huh. if you add the word mad in there. That's right. You see? Mad Ghoul, page one. (laughs) Singer Lady, page Page seven. seven. Whatever. Yeah, nobody cares about that. (laughs) Also, was there other, other, like, stuff they showed in the newspaper in that? I feel like they went to different pages. There were all kinds of stories that were, I mean, usually it was either about the ghoul committing a crime, about Isabel's tour, her singing tour, or it was about somebody who had recently died, and that indicated, oh, we've got a fresh body we can go mm-hmm. take the heart from. Dr. Morris. Call Dr. Morris today for your heart problem. <laughs> I don't think that these... I don't think these people putting the obituaries in had any... I don't think they had any idea that they were just giving the information to crazy people. Mm. Well, just think about that was back then. That was just a newspaper. Nowadays, it's all on the internet. Imagine how many ghouls could be out there doing things with our information. That was kind of funny to me that he was just one solo ghoul. Yeah, <laughs> like just usually, a team of ghouls. <laughs> usually, when you see a zombie or like a character that's kind of like that, it's. I think that's why it reminded me of Lurch was because not only was he helpful and like listened to people, but he was just there hanging out with a regular person, yes. you know, like just. Yeah. Yeah, Dr. Morrison is cool. It wasn't like a gang of zombies or something. Oh, uh, like, he, he'd get a whole bunch of ghouls. He'd line them all in a row and be like, it's after midnight. What was the Nintendo game? Is it Ghosts and Ghouls? Or go- ghouls and go- Ghosts. Yeah, Ghouls and Ghosts. Is that what it's called? Yes, Ghosts and Goblins and oh, Ghosts and Ghosts. Ghosts. That's what it was. Which is, the, I believe, the sequel. Oh. Uh-huh. And uh, you play a knight whose clothes get flown off. Yep. Gets hit. Yep. Mm-hmm. Very difficult game. Yeah. Intense. Mm-hmm. Intense game. Those were the ghouls, yes, with their arms out reaching towards you. And then uh, Vincent Price said something. No, I'm still thinking of Michael Jackson. Never mind. Ghoul Ted was so much cooler than regular Ted. Yeah, regular Ted was pretty boring. He was so needy. Yeah, I think that's Isabel, what... Isabel, Isabel, Isabel. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> I, can't, I can't help but feel that you're, you're pulling away from me. Don't, don't leave me. Don't leave me. Anyway, baby. <laughs> I feel like he was, like, when he was the ghoul, he was... Cooler, like in um, that show Misfits, when Future Simon is like way cooler than oh, regular yeah. Simon. Yeah, 
Now that guy is really scary on Game of Thrones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or he was. was. <laughs> Spoiler. Spoiler. You got fired. What? No. Oh. That's not what happened. Anyway. Isn't that when they kill you on the show? Yes. Like, they, sorry. No, you're thinking of uh, Oz. Is that Lost? Yeah. That also happened in Lost because those people are drunk driving. Michelle Rodriguez. Yep. Talking about you. Yep. Michelle Rodriguez. Let us know if you want to be on the show. Anyway. <laughs> uh, you never know. So this is all rapid. This is all getting to some place after the reporter gets to, you know, figures out and gets, gets, gets murdered. He gets despoiled. And the because the uh, lady reporter goes and talks to the Sarge and says, what, what are you looking at? Nothing. What are you looking at? Don't worry about it. The length? No. Everything's, Trust everything's, me, it's long fine. enough. Everything's fine. <laughs> oh my. Oh my god. Oh, blush. <laughs> 65 minutes is long enough, okay, for any movie. Senpai notice me. Uh-huh. <laughs> Senpai, restrict my pee. What? <laughs> what? I don't know. I don't speak anime. Only you do. Have you gone that far? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway... <laughs> Lady reporter goes to the cops and says, this is what we figured out. And then he gets murdered, so he must have gone on to something. And the cops go, and they talk to Isabel, and they're like, we think that you might be dealing with a schizophrenic, right? See, they don't say schizophrenic. They say, oh, they do say schizophrenic, but they but say it weird. Yeah, the, the pronunciation again. Schizophrenic. Schizophrenic. <laughs> Right, he might have dual personalities. Oh, you think you think this person? That's a strange coincidence. This is Isabel. It's like, yes, so tell us about Eric. Why would they think it was Eric? Because he's the only other man. Only other man there? Be there the whole time. That's right. And Isabel wouldn't be the murderer? That's right. So it had to be Eric. Mm-hmm. She's pretty helpless. Yes. She's such a sucker. There's, a, there's another scene that we skipped over where she's like at a like a bar with the uh, Doctor Morris again, and he's like putting his paws on her. <laughs> Everything's gonna be fine with Ted. Don't worry. Or that was when she tells him. Is that when she tells him like, "You're a doctor. Go I, break I, up with him for me." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they met up twice after the transformation. Well, there's the time in the room when. They first go when Ted runs off because he's like, I have to go propose to her right away. And I think that kind of starts their whole journey thing because that's when Dr. Morris finds out about Eric is uh, when she's in her like dressing room after the show. And then there's a time later when they're at uh, a bar or something like that. They're sitting in the booth seats and then Eric is like, like sees him with his his with Doctor Morris. Doctor Morris has his hands on Isabel, and he's like, "Another man could get jealous or something like that. something weird like that." Like not not of Doctor <laughs> Morris, man. Have you seen this guy? No, he says men have died for less than holding hands. Oh damn! Men have died for less than holding hands. Doctor Morris is like, da. No, uh, <laughs> he says, "I know you're too." <laughs> Confident yep. to be threatened by me or, so, or something. You're too suave too to handsome, be threatened yeah. by the amazing Dr. Morris. <clears throat> Even though I've seduced many women. Trust me. 
many women. And I didn't even have ghouls before. What's that about ghouls? Nothing. <laughs> I have to go now. Goodbye. And that's when they plot to kill him the first time. The shadow peels. Oh, okay. Roger that. But, you know, winding up to the ending here. Dr. Morris decides we've got to take care of Eric. So the the cops go talk to Isabel, say, we think Eric's a schizophrenic. Isabel's like, no, 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 that's impossible. He's and, my fiance. Yeah, and then they go, well, do you know somebody who has surgical skill? Is Eric like an amateur surgeon or something like that? And she's like, no, no. He went, he's not one. Uh, and the cops are like, are you thinking of somebody else? And he's like, yeah, I'm thinking of... N- Nobody. No. I'm not going to tell you, even though my life is in danger. I feel like that's a really funny response. That guy couldn't do it. He's my fiance. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that particular excuse has been done so many times <laughs> in real life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was a nice man, that... Ed Gein, you know? Oh. I knew he was skinning people and making furniture out of them. <sighs> not Ted. Not Ted the ghoul. No way, man. No. Ted would never do that. <clears throat> but I kind of feel bad for Ted yes. in this situation. Because he's being used like a slave and reanimated all the time. And well, it's like, it's like he thinks it's a dream. Yeah, he doesn't he, know what's He states what's that happening. several times, right? Yes. Yeah. And he basically remembers everything. He just tells Dr. Do- I want to say Dr. Parnassus. <laughs> Dr. Morris. <laughs> that it's a nightmare he's been having. And Dr. Morris is like, oh, it's your subconscious. Must be those native fumes or something. Anyways, it's not real. It's not part of your relapse. Or anything like that. Anyways, Isabel goes and confronts Ted. And she's like, I, you know, I, I can't believe you're doing these terrible things. And I'm in love with Eric. And I'm so sorry. You know, finally, she's realized that she shouldn't have been leading him on as long as she has. And Ted's like, no, it's not your fault. I'm glad that you're happy. I have to go now. My planet needs me. And turns, <laughs> turns out I have been doing some terrible things. <laughs> That I thought were just dreams. I think I want to die now. (laughs) Yeah. But he's not going to die before he gets his revenge. In which he sets up Dr. Mars to get a big whiff of those poison gas. (laughs) Ghoul fumes. Get a (laughs) Special ghoul-scented candle. (laughs) You get set up on that Bunsen burner. (laughs) <laughs> the Bed Bath and Beyond ghoul yeah, here's the ghoul, the ghoul candle <laughs> or Bath and Body Works that's what I mean special ghoul, poison, poison ghoul gas fumes. candles <laughs> available at uh, Bed Bath and Beyond what is that weird candle you got <laughs> nothing <laughs> weird candle <laughs> you repeat everything <laughs> oh man but yes he sets it up he, he lights up the gas and then he pretends that he's going mad Dr. Morris runs back in there, and uh, Ted reverts, but not before writing a very succinct note explaining exactly who has been doing everything and what has been happening to him. Sticks in his pocket, turns back into ghoul, and Dr. Morris is like, okay, this is your chance. You're going to walk 
16 miles to wherever Isabel is and go kill Eric. I don't care if they're in a concert. I want you to kill him. It's kill him and kill yourself. Oh, yeah. Kill him. Kill Eric, then kill yourself. <laughs> mm-hmm. But he doesn't know that the ghoul fumes are in the room. <laughs> and he's affected by them, too. Ghoul fumes. <laughs> right in his nose. <laughs> <laughs> It's too late. No! And he realizes, oh man, I've got to get Ted back. He's the only one who knows how to cut out people's hearts. It can't be that hard, right? And just you just cut around everything else. Gonna, I'm going to say Dr. Morris probably has the knowledge. Yeah. He wants, or at least he, wants he should. Really nice hearts. Yeah, I <laughs> guess that's it. That really good. But yes, he can't stop Ted before uh, Ted gets on stage and Tries to shoot Eric, but ends up getting shot because the cops are sitting in the audience. Front row tickets. Yeah. I don't know how they got those. Mm-hmm. I, I like how they should be, like, investigating, Probably. but there they are. That's VIP seating. They held up their badges and were like, we're going to need your seats, man. Oh, I guess they were there to, to case the place, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. They weren't there for the show. Jeez. Well, yeah, maybe, those- the, maybe they're, 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 you know, fans of the show tunes, Joel. Uh, I guess. Those were, those were expensive tickets. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, Eric starts playing the piano, and she's like, I know what boys like. Wait, that's not what she's saying. <laughs> Never mind. And, uh... What? <laughs> Where do you come up with that? What are you talking about? Anyway. <laughs> obviously, that's great. I like this part, because Sarah started laughing maniacally, and I was like, what is so funny? He's like... I think he's going to go on stage and interrupt the show or something. Like that. And he did. Sure enough. It's like, sure this enough. is a setup right here. Here comes the ghoul. She's doing the show. Yeah. Ghoul's going to come on stage. And he did. He takes out his gun, but he gets shot by the Sarge before he can finish it. And there's a note in the pocket. And uh, which explains what's going on. Although Eric is like, uh, can we go now? And, you know, <laughs> you killed this guy. We got to go. See you later. Time to go now. Yes. Much suaver than I just said it because Eric's a very suave person. <sighs> Mr. Bay. Yes, this lady, she needs to be taken to her room. Perhaps we can talk about this later. Mm. It's not too different from my Dr. Morris. The end of the movie, we see Dr. Morris, who has become a ghoul himself, slowly digging with his hands into a grave, trying to get at a heart as quickly as he can. And in voiceover, we hear Ted saying, Nah, bitch, you ain't gonna get no hearts. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Yeah, it was really... I mean, that was forward for the time to say something like that. Yeah, I'm gonna have to say, Joel. Mm -hmm. Actually, the true end in the movie was a stinger with the... uh, Buy some war bonds. Yep. <laughs> Boom. In your face. <laughs> no, it was good to see, though, that, uh, you know, Ted did receive some revenge, I guess. Yes. For, for uh, stuff that went down. Tragic death for him, but I did find him severely annoying when he wasn't a ghoul. Yeah, I mean, when he was a ghoul, at least he looked cool. <laughs> yeah, must up hair. Yeah. His face looked like it, you know, had some gunk on it, but otherwise, yeah. I don't know. What'd you guys think? Um, I didn't hate it. Yeah, I had a good time. I had I, a good time. I wouldn't say that I thought it was a really good movie, but I didn't think it was a really bad movie either. 
there were atmospheric things that I liked about it. The shadows in, in the uh, the alleyway. Uh, some of the music was pretty fun. Yeah. I thought the script, you know, the scripting was done well. Like, even... I mean, if not funny, because like the even the parts that were supposed to be funny, like the reporter, they they were they did make me laugh, and the parts that were supposed to be creepy made me laugh because Doctor Morris is not an intimidating character. Uh, he, man, he, yeah, if he's trying to be like Heisenberg from Breaking Bad, it just it, it just doesn't <laughs> you know it doesn't come off the same way. You know what I mean? Mild mannered uh, man of science during the day, <laughs> creepy dude at night, no. You know, he just didn't didn't pull off the Heisenberg as well as Mr. I don't Cranston. Drink mm-hmm. wine. It's the Dracula or something. <laughs> you know, for sixty minutes, I think that this was thoroughly entertaining. I mean, just just throwing away an hour of watching. It it felt like a comic book to me. Yeah. I felt like maybe something you'd find like an eerie magazine. Yeah. You know, or something uh, like that. Tales from a Crypt or yeah, something. A crypt, like that, right? Yeah, a Crypt, EC comic. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I feel like maybe I watched a lot of movies from this period when I was a kid, like growing up. My, I had a close uh, bond with my grandma, and I used to watch stuff that was like from this period with her. And I think it was good for me back then. I, I learned a lot from seeing things in a different time and a different way that people behaved. But now I think I find it a little bit tedious sometimes because I kind of know that. I know that shtick um, and that whole, the vernacular of that era and stuff. And I feel like it's kind of, unless it's something kind of remarkable or, you know, a really great film that sometimes I, unfortunately, I think I kind of don't like it as much. Yeah, it's understandable. I mean, this isn't like a high quality film. This isn't up there with the universal horror stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't Dracula or Frankenstein right, or right. Wolfman or anything. It's just a you know a, a quick little tale of terror, like you said, like a Twilight Zone episode or something like that. I yeah, I liked it, but I would say yeah, this almost feels like it's like the the B side of like a, one of those like two tail twisted terror mm-hmm. evenings. Yeah, so you go see like the really good one, and that would be like the first one, mm-hmm. and then this would be the one they'd play after afterwards. Yeah, afterwards. Totally. That, that's how In it feels a double to me. Feature. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel for the for the for the few black and white films we've seen so far, like you know, Alphaville was pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the th- top. This of definitely the wasn't as bad as that television one, though. Oh, come on, Trapped in Television! Come Agreed. on, yeah, this is this is a step up from Trapped in Television, dude. I mean, that it was, was amateur, though. Than just imagined, too. yeah. Aww. Well, I don't know. There were things in Just Imagine that I really liked visually. I'd say, well, I'd say, yeah. I think, I think, uh, if I had to vote on the black and white, that, that seems to be what we're talking about. Yeah, obviously, Alphaville's up there. I think Just Imagine would be the next under that, sure. and then this movie, and then Trapped by Television. And we watched that other movie with Veronica Lake, but I don't think we did that for the podcast. Not for the podcast, no. It felt it's like a, it was, because oh, it was all of us. I Married a Witch. I Married a Witch. Yeah, we were watching that with Kimbo. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. We I would say that. I think that one I I'm, liked more than this. That's a good, I mean, that's, yeah, a, it's a that's good an movie. entertaining movie. Yeah. I, I did find this entertaining, though. I haven't seen nearly as many 
black and white features from before the 50s as in general. I mean, I was one of those idiot kids who thought that if it's black and white, it must be boring, which I think is most of the population in America. Yeah. And there are people well into their adult lives that feel that way, so I don't feel so bad about that. I used to watch a lot of the Twilight Zone marathons, but I think that was the extent of a lot of my black and white era uh, uh, watching was definitely Twilight Zone. I think it backfired a little bit on me. I still do want to watch black and white movies, but I feel like my exposure to them kind of made me have a high standard for the ones that I like now. Oh, if you're only watching the top of the crop. Yeah. Top of the sandwich? Top of the hill. Top Top shelf? Yes. If you're only watching movies based on top shelf comics, then... Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I just, like that's that, that's why I mix it up. That's you were making fun of me for watching bad movies and things like uh, surviving the game. That's why I like to. You know, I'll watch a classic. I'll watch something that is in high regard by critics and and audience, and then I'll watch something that's stupid because it gives me an in between there. I don't want to be like. I I've certainly felt in my life that. I was losing appreciation for lesser movies because I, all I was watching was like the Criterion Channel stuff. And then I'd, I'd go back and try to watch. I, I can't even think of an example. Oh, you know, here's a good example. The first time I watched Commando, I was like, this is not a good movie. Like, why do people like this movie? And it's because I'd spent like four months just watching all these Criterion and, and, uh, those high caliber, you know, art movies and stuff like that. So, and like my mindset was was put to this one degree. I haven't watched Commando since, but I've watched a lot of the more fun, goofy movies like that, and it kind of reset my appreciation. That's not what I'm saying is is going on with you or anything like that. But I hope I'm not torturing you by making you watch these <laughs> movies. Is what I want to say. Which movies? You know, black and white, lesser. Um, no, but I do kind of feel like some people have the idea that all black and white movies are boring, and I think some people have the feeling that all older movies are better, because they were from this, like, older time where people were more classic or whatever and had, you know, they acted like gentlemen and ladies or whatever in the movies, and... I think there are plenty of bad movies that were made in that era. Sure. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure. I don't think it's all one way or the other. I mean, just like nowadays, the percentage to good to bad is much higher in the bad direction. Yeah. You know, once they started figuring out that they could make movies for cheaper and that people would pay to see them no matter what, they just, you know, pushed out as much stuff as they could. Same thing with universal horror. You know, this is, I guarantee this was not top of the crop. And uh, I haven't seen much discussion on it. It's, you know, I it's, it's like a 5.5 or 6 out of, out of 10 for me. Like, it's good enough that I'm glad I watched it. There was some snappy dialogue. Mm-hmm. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, it was fun to yeah, discuss it. Yeah, it was fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Get together with your friends. Yeah, check it out. Oh, Unless I just remembered out. another black and white one. 
Mm-hmm. The Devil and Daniel Webster. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so, so that's... glad we saw that movie. <clears throat> okay, so, so glad. Devil and Daniel Webster, Alphaville. Yep. You I... think it's better than Alphaville? Yeah. I really liked it. <laughs> I liked The Devil and Daniel Webster, but I, yeah. I'm going to have to say Alphaville is better in my mind. Oh, yeah. I, I understand that. For man. artistic. Well, they both had artistic elements that yeah. were cool. There were oh, all the, the amazing flash burn paper scenes in that movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Well, you I hated wanna, that I want to go watch it again. You hated that devil, and you look just like him now. <laughs> <laughs> like, hmm, you did it, the audience. I'm gonna stare at, I'm gonna stare at the audience at the end of the movie. <laughs> By war bonds. <laughs> okay, so next week is my pick, and I am going to do a big one. I'm going to do one that people probably want to talk about, which is why I'm going to post on this about the Facebook page. If you want to I'll probably ask on, like, Thursday on the Facebook page that we have. And just, I want some opinions. I want you to tell me the first time you saw this movie. I want you to tell me what you think of it now, if you've seen it recently, how it holds up compared to the sequels, how it holds up to the most recent sequel that just came out last year, I believe. We're going to watch Jurassic Park. Oh, man! Which is one of my favorite movies of all time. I've watched it how many more than 20 times, I'd have to say. And, like, now I've seen it so many times that I can see, like, flaws in, like, continuity. I can see flaws in dialogue. I can see, like, there there are, are things that I could it's recognize perfect, that are, are messed it's up. It's perfect. But it is a perfect movie. I'm shaking my head over here. Because, <laughs> I mean, that's... Flaws. It's a perfect theater movie. It's a perfect, like, at-home movie. It's Jurassic Park's one of my favorites. Obviously, we'll talk about it on the podcast. When you hack a computer, you use virtual reality. Yeah. That's, that's the only way. It's a Unix system. I know this. <laughs> Listen, there's there's one piece of... Okay, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Okay? I could talk about this for hours. <laughs> and we will. Dennis Nedry. Action figure. So awesome. Your dino damage is showing, Joel. No. <laughs> I had one of those. You got a stegosaurus. I had the triceratops. Anyways, Jurassic Park next week. Be there, be square. I'm going to read some outro stuff for you guys. Think of some lessons. This is a 65 minute movie, which means it had 65 lessons at least. <laughs> As for you, a lesson a minute, Joel? That's correct. Dear God. Mm-hmm. Just think of Jocko. Yeah, tons of lessons. That poor monkey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really hope they didn't hurt him. Me too. No, I don't worry. Let's, let's I was not like, even think turn about the that. page. Let us not even think about it. <laughs> we can't do anything about it. You're right. Yeah. You're back right. in the past. Okay. Sorry. I mean, Sorry. That's, no, uh, okay. this is a discussion we had when we watched Jungle Book, if you'll recall. Yeah, that's true. And we're not going to think about any of that stuff. So here we go. Uh, email any suggestions or conne- uh, connections. Connections. Let me check that again. Email us connections. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> email us your connections. <laughs> email it. <laughs> email them and tell them that we want them on the show. <laughs> Marissa Tomei, write us in. We want you on the show. That's not what I was talking about before. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Morris, 
Email any suggestions or comments to please don't podcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes, a podcatcher of your choice. I'm not going to go into that. Like us on Facebook. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash pdsmios. If you subscribe to us on iTunes, please leave us a rating. Uh, thanks to David DeRoy for our theme music, Jed Dowtry for our podcast logo, and to Spencer Seams, our family, our friends, and everybody else, uh, Ayla and uh, Andrew, who are always commenting on Facebook. Thanks, we, uh, guys. We really appreciate yeah, that, thank guys. Thanks, David. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Couldn't do what we do without you. Feel the love. Please don't send me an outer space as a proud member of the Ear Trumpet Audio Network. Have you guys checked out any of the shows I've talked about recently? I'm looking at you, listener. Not Aaron. I know Aaron hasn't. Anyways. What's a podcast, Joel? <laughs> so here, I'm going to plug The Realist again, which is a podcast hosted by Dave Stone Rob, where he's going through the top 100 Amer- uh, American movies as voted by the uh, AFI, I believe. And I am going to be on an episode in the near future on the movie The Shawshank Redemption. Uh, I'm not exactly sure when that's going to come up, but I'll put it on the page when it does happen. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they have discussions about these movies that are supposed to be the top of the American crop and how some of them just don't really fit in in it nowadays. I mean, this list was made like a decade ago, I think, so might be time to update some of this stuff. Shawshank Redemption is a classic for guys. You know, I'm going to have to say I've never seen it. Aaron, you're so disappointed. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's a good movie. You should watch All it. All right. I will. I will. Uh, it's the best movie. It's about two dudes. Okay, anyways. <laughs> so like Encino Man? Yeah, it's like, uh, that's three it's dudes. about this hot lady. Encino Man is three <laughs> Oh, sorry. Man. Sorry. Next episode we're doing is on Encino Man. <laughs> <laughs> no. Paul, Polly Shore, the caveman, and the other guy. And Mr. Frodo's best friend. Oh. Samwise Gamgee. Oh, yeah, I- he, okay. wants, he somehow gets a Rudy girl at there? the end. Yeah, oh. Rudy. Okay. Yeah, he's digging a pool in his backyard. Oh, cool. I've seen that movie once. <laughs> what are you talking about? The cheese about? is old and moldy. Oh, Encino Man. Yes. Yeah, Encino Man. Not Santa Paula Man. Encino I rented Man. that from Fomor Video. Oh, of course. We all did. Oh, I think I saw that. We in the had theater. the same tape, guys. We shared it. We all <laughs> we returned it. Did. We checked That's it out. Yeah. You know what? Deep Bond. I had no idea what Encino was when I watched that movie. Me neither. I didn't realize it was like literally yeah. like fifty minutes away. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't know what Encino. I, I still don't know what Encino is. I was it's just there on Monday. No, crap. it's a town. Yeah, and on Ventura Boulevard there is no parking, but lots of fancy buildings. Cool. So they so. were just talking about a place that they found him. Yeah, that's oh. it. You know how like they find like remains of cavemen in different parts of the world and they say oh it's so and so from this place or yeah whatever. mind blown yeah mind blown you say it's like santa paula man the sequel that nobody saw <laughs> <laughs> from santa paula who cares so lessons guys do you have any lessons about this spectacular movie i'm gonna look at my notes i have one okay if you're a lady and you are on tour, you're going to a lot of different places, 
but there's somebody following you the whole time. That should probably be an indication of a, of a creepiness that you should be aware of. Like a red flag. Yeah, <laughs> I'd, I'd say it's maybe something you might want to be concerned about. Something you tell some sort of authority figure about. Or at least people who know you in case anything happens, you know? Right. Or just let them know that someone is following you and has been for some time. It's just Ted, sweet Ted. And sweet Dr. Morris, who only... He's like a father to me. What? Creepy. Aaron? Um. Right, uh, a lesson. <laughs> yes? Um. I guess, uh, just, just don't forget your herbs. <laughs> keep, your, keep your herbs ready. <laughs> <laughs> you never know you're gonna need them. Yeah, true. Keep your herbs close and your poison gas closer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, those herbs, man. Keep your herbs ready. Rosemary, thyme, coriander. Yep. Everything you need to make a refreshing burrito. My lesson, uh, let's, I got two lessons. One, if you have somehow hypnotized a person and had them dig up a grave, and then you're pretending that they, you want them to wake up in bed and pretend that everything's normal. Don't leave their dirty-ass clothes all over the place, okay? You're going to get caught. You're lucky, Dr. Morris, that Ted is a moron. And the second lesson is, women don't really care about experience, <laughs> Dr. Morris. You can't show somebody the book of life, which is in his pants. Oh, damn. I never made that connection. Another thing I was thinking is just because someone is a scientist doesn't mean you should trust them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, we're learning that mm -hmm. all the hard way. <laughs> mm -hmm. Science tell us that life is meaningless and um, that you should give me all your money. Any questions? No? I'm good. All right. Very good. We'll see you next week, folks. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye. EarTrumpetAudio.com Ideas and entertainment. Loud and clear.